Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott here for our number two of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Going to hear about the Oil Kings coming up after the 130 news. Still got your injury report to get to. I can tell you the headline of that is Yesa Poyarvi out the next four weeks with a lower body injury. That will be, uh, well, we'll see how they fill the hole. Colton Sevier, Bob suggested, might be on his way back up from Bakersfield. Could Brendan Perlini fill in uh, tomorrow night? In the meantime, I suppose that time will tell. You want to keep in touch, you can always do so on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, River Cree Resort Casino. Uh, They're open 24-7 now. More chances to play, more chances to win. Excitement, bet on it. That number again, 780-496-0063, is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Pleased to link up with uh, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta Live Standard Bread Racing has moved now down to Century Downs Racetrack in Calgary, but you can always watch and wager online at hpibet.com. Mark Spector, a big 7-3 win for the Oil last night. Uh, Tell me what stood out to you the most about it. Uh, what stood out to me the most? I think if I was to think of one moment, it's it's when the score's 5-2 in the third period and the Oilers uh, have a power play and the second power play unit comes over the boards to start the power play. Uh, I don't have a stat on this. Uh, I don't think it's happened in... You know how many years that we've certainly since McDavid and and Drysaddle have been around uh, that they have not, when fresh, right when fresh, started a power play. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's that's a, a very small tip of an iceberg of a bit of a culture change around here. That that you know everyone there's more participants like under Woodcroft. There's more guys getting involved. There's more guys that feel they're part of this thing and it. it look no further than actually having a functional second power play unit that frankly this team's had one in name for years but it never plays more than the last what the back 20 or 15 seconds of a power play Brennan 
Well, exactly. And then you don't have to game plan for that. So really, you get to spend all your time scouting and honing in on how you're going to shut down that top unit. And by the way, teams have done that pretty effectively of late. So, you know, I think that just in the greater scheme of things, having that alternate look and some guys that can actually put the puck in the net there. So the team has been probably deprived of, shall we say, for a couple of years in the absence of that true goal scoring development of somebody like Poliarvi, right? That real secondary threat. Now they've got that in Hyman and Kane and they can trot them out on the second unit. Yeah, they have enough guys to have a decent second unit. They were ne- we, let's, you know, we can all agree on that. There's enough good players here. Um, and you know, there's it's, there's a, a major psychological component to all of this. You know, NHL players like these guys. These guys have been the best players on their teams, all of them. The Cody Ceces, who you look at, you go, ah, he's a defensive defenseman. Yeah, growing up, he was one of the best players in his team all the way through. He's a bona fide, you know, very good hockey player, and certainly, we, we, you know, those guys. I've thought this for years, Brendan. When NHL guys are sitting on the bench and they're watching, you know, the top guys on their team go out there and play a buck forty-five shift on a power play. When they're watching, you know, look, this isn't me ripping on McDavid and Drysdale. The two, maybe the two best players in the league for all we know. Certainly one is. But when they're sitting on the bench, fresh, and they're watching those guys play in overtime, at the end of a, you know, sometimes a two-minute shift, they can barely skate. Those guys are thinking, you know what? I can do better than this, right? I'm a, we're all on the bench here, ready to go and ready to help. And the coach isn't using us. It's not a good. It's been going on here for a long time, Brendan, because they've they've the Oilers have had these two great prized players, and and they're great players. But I think they'll be better players if they play a little less, and they'll be better players if they have more success. If the guys underneath believe they're part of this thing too, and I think that's the biggest thing Woodcroft is doing is he's he's engaging everyone else and saying, hey, this isn't a two-man team here. This is a 20-man team. And for my money, it's been a long time coming. He's so familiar with the entire secondary class of Oilers, really aside from the core. You know, it's almost, you marvel at the fact that he's coached so many of these players already. They're familiar with his tone, and I would imagine that, you know, especially of late when we've seen some injuries and guys like Nima Linen and Legison all playing more minutes, you know, these are all products of, of Manson, and you're watching him on the bench and the mutual trust that's going on out there with a guy like Nima Linen, who I said to Elliot, you know, I'm watching him get double shifted out there last night and thinking this this wasn't even a, a thought in anybody's head last year about whether this right. would be a player you know and he's in short order turned that right around so it seems to be the the instant impact of this i wonder is because it's really not instant they've been doing this for four years in the minors and now they're coaching all the same guys with the exception of the top players yeah, no, that's a, that's a very fair way to look at it. I think you're right. Like, when we try to define buy-in, you know, like I've said this before, every coach, Brendan, wants you to play like a five-man unit in every zone, right? Mm-hmm. Every coach wants you to come back hard so that your defenseman can stand up at the blue line, right? Every coach wants, you know, Jay's talking about a, a system and a game plan that requires a lot of hard work. I've been doing this 30 years. I've not yet met the coach that didn't ask for hard work. (laughs) You know, they all want hard work. So why is it working? Why are they doing this for Jay when they clearly weren't doing it for Tippett at the end? Well, that's what you call buy-in. And he has what you described. He's got relationships. And 
you know what? He's looking at these guys and saying, I think you can do it. And not only do I think it, I'm giving you NHL ice time where the last guy didn't. And this isn't me carving up Tippett, but that's how he coached. He coached and he didn't play those young guys as much. This is a different coach with a different strategy. And he's playing young guys. And right now it's working. Uh, you know, stay tuned mm-hmm. <laughs> for when the game, when we get to the playoffs and things like that. You know, we saw a young player in Ethan Bear that that wasn't bad for the whole playoffs, but the couple mistakes he made in the playoffs last year were mega costly. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned on the young guy getting all the minutes. But right now, he's getting buy-in. People believe in him, and his players are going to the wall for him. And that's the hardest thing about being an NHL coach is getting players to do just that. Well, and he's getting the youngsters to do it now in the absence of guys that will probably be filling those spots, like Duncan Keith, for example, by the time the playoffs stretch and then the playoffs come around. So organizational depth here, it, it, you know, you're going to see the benefit of, I yeah. guess everything that's been culminating over the last couple of years and I'm very excited and optimistic for this stretch drive given the pieces that they've added and that's that's sort of where I want to go next I'll get to Kane but uh, Mark we've talked in the past about Ryan Nugent Hopkins maybe not being an NHL centerman anymore and I was absolutely in that school of thought I'm pretty sure you were as well and yet here we are with him centering an incredibly productive third line and looking damn good in the process what's changed in his game that's allowed him to sort of re-emerge at the center position well uh, you know what I'll correct you I don't think I ever said he wasn't a centerman what I have said many, many times is his his, his face-off work is not that of an NHL centerman. Uh, defensively, he could do the job. Offensively, he could do the job. You know, he, that puck he he distributed over to Fogel last night uh, was just a very slick play. He took the goalie a little bit to the goalie's right, and then he sent it back to the left, and there was Fogel for the one-timer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got all kinds of elite skill, and like I say, his defensive work, He's subtle, does lots of stuff great. We can have a long discussion about whether you can have a third-line center whose face-off percentage starts with three, right? We can have that discussion. That is a fair discussion. You know, your classic third-line center is a defensively savvy player who wins draws. And look, Nuge is 10 years into his career here, and I think last night he was was a 30% guy again. So, yeah, that's the only issue for Nugent Hopkins, and that gets uh, Derek Ryan up on his wing. I think you're going to, frankly, you're going to always need to play either Hyman or Derek Ryan with him because they're both good face-off guys on the right side. But I, I can't figure out why a player as smart and skilled as Ryan Nugent Hopkins has never been able to crack the face-off nut, uh, Derek or, or, or Brendan. I don't get it. Uh, you know, is it really that hard to get to 50% man? <laughs> like he's never been able to figure it out. And I'll tell you what, he does everything else awfully well. I just can't figure out why he can't do that well too. Yeah. Well, there's obviously, you know, some element of skill there or, or tenacity or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I agree with you in the sense that you've got to have a guy you can rely on, especially in the defensive zone uh, to take those draws. And that's maybe something that they look at adding, you know, they've, they've want, pondered and kicked around the idea idea of whether McLeod could fill that role and now you've got Nuge filling that role but yeah, I, I don't know that that's necessarily in the playoffs what I'm saying is you're going to end up running into a situation where you're trotting Leon out for all of the D-zone draws again and that's not necessarily what you want in the first place I don't think No, you end up overplaying Leon Dreisaitl right. I will say this, Connor McDavid figured it out 
right? He's over 50% this year. And he's a consistently, I haven't got a stats in front of him. I think he's about 52%, which is enough, right? We're not all going to be Ryan O'Reilly here or Patrice Bergeron. You know, just get your percentage starting with five, and that's a place to start. And give McDavid credit, right? We always talk about how he finds a piece of his game that can be improved upon, and he's improved upon his face-offs. He's an over 50% guy, and I'll bet you he will be the rest of his career. So that takes a little of the the load off a dry saddle for sure. And... You know what, if you had that, like you say, if you can get Nugent Hopkins to the point where you don't have to kind of, uh, you know, you don't have to give him some soft minutes when it comes to these on draws, then you got something here. Chatting with Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta, again, uh, live standard bred racing down at Century Downs in Calgary now. Evander Kane and Marcus Niemelainen each bring that gritty, physical, you know, nasty element at times. But one thing that you said a couple of weeks ago, Mark, that really resonated with me was the fact that, uh, you know, Zach Cassian doesn't instigate anything. He reacts. And the way that the team has sort of rallied around this, there's a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder. Of course, that's going to come with Kane, but I love the way that it's reverberated around the rest of the the room where you're seeing the scrum around the net and you've got Bouchard pushing there and you've got McLeod engaged. And I wonder if there's, or if you've seen, I guess, a boost of confidence as well in that element since Kane has maybe brought a little bit of leadership in terms of that element. Yeah, he brings you, you know, he makes you tougher because he's out there with you for sure. And a guy like Nima Linen brings you into a fight because he's going to hit people and there's going to be scrums that ensue. And you either you're in or you're out, right? He's a guy that will start a lot of stuff because he loves to finish checks. They haven't had a guy on a team like this for a long time. Uh, you know, it's just another element of being harder to play against, right? This, this for a long time has been a skill team in Edmonton that really hadn't been very hard to play against. No one stands over your goalie. You know, you say what you want about a guy like um, like Brendan Lemieux. They haven't had a player like that or, you know, an Avery or any of those guys that everybody hates. They haven't had a guy like that in Edmonton since, I mean, since the 80s, it seems like. Uh, it's been an easy team to play against, and that's, You know, there's a lot of elements that make a good team. And when I think of that Boston Bruins team, they got a lot of elements. And they also have Brad Marchant. And Brad Marchant just brings his teammates into the fight, man. And you know what? Evander Kane does that. This Niemelainen does a little bit. Cassian, who knows with Zach Cassian? He hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I'll be brutally frank, uh, you're right, Brennan. He hasn't started nearly enough stuff for his role on this team. He's kind of abandoned that role. So uh, I like it. I want a team that, you know what, like it's, it's okay to have a scrum once in a while. I'm trying to think of the last time there was a, you know, a scrap. When the last time I saw an order in a scrap, I don't have a great memory, but, geez, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it sure has been, and I, I get that that's not unique to the Oilers. That's it's right across the NHL, but you know you, you got to have something to to bring the emotional aspect into the game because when you don't, hey, uh, you saw what happened in the playoffs last year. Cal, look at Calgary, right? Yeah. These two teams are on a collision course. If you don't get Calgary in the first round, well, if you win the first round, you're going to get them in the second. And Calgary is big and tough, and they push around, and they're physical. And they got some guys on that team that are going to be very difficult to play against. And if you don't have some of that element, 
they're just going to, you know, you may, they may not beat you, but they'll own the physical aspect of every game. And I know this, in the playoffs, the team that owns the physical aspect throughout the series, it's, you know, they don't win every series, Brandon, but they win most of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, anything in particular you're watching in this weekend doubleheader, Mark, against two tough Central Division opponents? Well, um, you know, they, they've, they've caught Winnipeg going pretty good here uh i don't know how many in a row winnipeg's won but they've been all of a sudden quite they found the game here right Mm -hmm. uh and wheeler's really hot so this winnipeg team's been trouble for edmonton you know i'll be interested to see if if the difference in style the way edmonton is playing makes for a difference in taking on a winnipeg team that's that they've had trouble with you know that winnipeg team has confidence against edmonton they play edmonton thinking we can beat these guys you know, so that will be interesting for me. Now you got the second of back-to-back. Who do you play, Brandon? Who are you playing goal Saturday? You play Smith Saturday and Koskinen Sunday or vice versa? Holy. Uh, yeah, I think I start with Smith in that one. Just let him keep rolling because he's been in that groove. And then you, you hand it over to Koskinen at home. Against Minnesota and a pretty good Minnesota team. Very, too, so. It's a kind of a, <laughs> I can, I can see where you might want to start Smith against Minnesota, but to me, you just go with the guy. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's one of those things goalie coaches will figure out, but um, you know what? It's not an easy, it's not an easy weekend, right? Back to back one at home, one on the road. And uh, one of them's a day game. You know, we can go back, go back to the media guy, look at the orders record in, in one o'clock starts or whatever that is. It's never been any good. Um, so let's see. Let's you know what Wood, Woodcroft's Oilers are doing a lot of things different than Tippett's orders, than the Collins orders, uh, than the last several editions of the orders. I wonder if they can be different when it comes to playing a day game against a Winnipeg team that's handled them. Let's see. It'll be a, a test, a true test, and a, a strong one as they try and go to 5-0. and Under Jay Woodcroft, Mark, thanks so much for the time today. Appreciate it. All right, Brandon, have a great weekend. You too. Mark Spector, brought to you each week by the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta. Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu Steak cooked right before your eyes. It's dinner and it's a show, all right at your table. Reserve now, jvedmonton.ca. We'll come back in a minute with some of your texts, as well as the James H. Brown injury report. Brendan Escott in today. It's 122 in Edmonton. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. You already know the cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. Right now, the best way to get a vehicle is to custom order one. They are not easy to come by. Discounts, though, are available from both Brent Ridge Ford and Ford, uh, Ford Motor Company on most custom orders. You can get the exact equipment and colors that you're looking for. Reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Quickly to the James H. Brown injury report. And there's some big news out of the Oilers camp today. James H. Brown injury lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment 
unrivaled results. The latest on Yessa Poyarvi, who left that game after scoring the goal last night. He is going to miss four weeks with a lower body injury. Teams already without Zach Cassian and Duncan Keith, who are week to week. Keith has a concussion. Cassian, a broken jaw after taking that shot up high. Uh, Chris Russell's on the injured list. He's got an undisclosed ailment. Still be out a couple more days, according to Woodcroft yesterday. As far as tomorrow's opponent goes, Cole Perfetti left the game against Seattle early last night. Andrew Kopp did not dress at all. Uh, according to Moretta Atesh in Winnipeg, it doesn't look like either one of them will be ready tomorrow. The Jets are depleted on defense, too. They're down Nathan Beaulieu, Dylan Sandberg, and Dylan DeMello. Nikolai Ehlers is the big one, though. He's out indefinitely with a knee injury. Sunday's opponent, Minnesota, they're down defender Matt Dumbay. He's listed day-to-day, a lower body issue. Nick Bugstad on the injured list with an upper body ailment. Okay, uh, KDK has a strong opinion on the goaltending. He says, what groove is Smith in? He's let in a minimum of one goal within the first few shots of the majority of his starts. The recent streak where shooting percentages and five-on-five play improved should not shift the focus away from this team's terrible goaltending. Well, I mean, they're 4-0. Three of those wins are courtesy Mike Smith and in the net. And I know that he's not doing everything, but he's doing a hell of a lot more than they were getting before. He, in probably the third game back by his own admission, started to look like the goaltender they saw last year. Now, KDK, listen, man, fragile is an understatement when it comes to the Oilers' goaltending situation. I don't know whether Fleury's a fit here because it doesn't make sense in my mind to have a 37-year-old goaltender and a 39-year-old goaltender under contract at the same time. Though that would really be an indication that this is the year that they're pushing for. I just don't see it. I think that if Smith's healthy, he's the guy that they want to use, and they've got Koskinen, who everybody loves to hate, but the fact is when he's playing the appropriate minutes... And that's been the case under the coaching staff. Everybody's playing the appropriate minutes. When Koskinen's playing the appropriate minutes, he's he's steady for you. And that's what you want out of your backup. Mike Smith ignites this team with his emotions. And I think that that's easy to write off because you don't get to look at it in the stat sheet. I understand what you're saying, KDK, but he is 3-0 and oh in his most recent three games. So, hey, I don't know. Maybe being a little bit too hard on the guy. We'll find out uh, how Sebastian Kosa, that big, top, talented goaltender, is doing uh, on the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll check in with head coach Brad Lauer of the Oil Kings there atop the Eastern Conference. All is good in their world heading down the stretch run. Brendan Escott here. We'll send it off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back in a few. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.